0: podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Forward by Vanden Howe, Gascoigne. It's still Gascoigne. It's brilliant. It's absolutely brilliant. It's 2-1. And the drama of the FA Cup shown up in the reaction of the Tottenham supporters to another memorable piece of skill from the player that everybody keeps talking about, and it won't stop now. 2-1 to Tottenham. Manfred has gone forward with Stewart to the right, Lineker and Howes to the left. Is Gascoigne going to have a crack? He is, you know. Oh, he's there! Brilliant! That is schoolboy's own stuff.
1: Hello and good day to you, everyone around the world. Welcome to a very special uh, episode of The Spurs Show. Uh, We like once in a while to do some more weightier stuff, more highbrow stuff, which obviously is going to lose 99% of our listeners. Uh, Never mind. That was obviously a joke. We love you. Um, But uh, there's obviously what's been on the BBC recently is an extraordinary uh, two-one-hour documentary film about Paul Gascoigne. Uh, It was originally on BBC Two. Uh, You can still get it on uh, the iPlayer. And basically, Gazza, the documentary, is a 20 years of modern British history told via archive footage accompanied by contemporary narration. And it offers a startling new perspective on the profoundly amoral and illegal lengths some of the tabloid press went to in order to gain access to his private life and manipulate it for their own gain. And I'm delighted to say we have the director... Of uh the documentary. A lifelong Tottenham fan. Probably one of the reasons he wanted to get involved in this project. Uh Sam Collins is with us. Hi, Sam. Hi,
0: Mike. Thanks for having me on. A,
1: a pleasure. Let's talk about you and Tottenham Hotspur first. When did you become a fan? What was your first game?
0: Well, okay, Gaza is why I oh, became really? a fan. Yeah, totally. <laughs> Back to 39. So it's yeah. earlier 90. I was sort of seven, eight years old. Um, collected the SO coins, Gaza. Lineker, you know, first game I watched properly, remember watching was on TV, that Everton game early on in the 1991 season, you know, Gazza the Real Me was my first Gazza VHS, you know, first, I think my first game was, um, was, I think, when we beat Ipswich 3-0 in the Klinsman season um domitrescu diving header that type of stuff first trip to white hart lane we got thumped four one by nottingham forest brian roy and Collymore, but you know it was all that sort of um yeah so, so, so the, ups, was... the
1: highs and lows the ups and downs in your first totally. season and yeah,
0: nothing's, yeah, exactly. changed. nothing's changed at all but yeah it was made totally made in Tottenham this project in the um I took it, I took the idea, original idea, to to a friend of mine, Gareth Dodds, who's a producer, is another massive Tottenham fan, um, and um, that's how we got the idea off and running. It then, um, you know, na- quick name check for the producers, uh, you know, Havilland Digital, March Street Productions, and Western Edge Pictures. You know, lots of Tottenham fans involved through the production. You know, and it's um, so. It's a lot of Tottenham it, in the media, isn't there? It's a
1: beautiful thing. There is, there is, but but is a lot, Gazza, and rightly Gazza so.
0: Affected people. That's why. Yes, isn't I think it? you're right. It's not like it's not random. It's because of a lot of it's because of Gaza. Yeah. You know, and that that's sort of why we're here. But the but the weird thing is that this um this guy who brought us all in with his his charisma and his ability that actually when you look at what happened to him through the sort of benefit of 20 years of hindsight, you understand that there are a lot of other things going on that are pretty relevant today. Mm-hmm. And that's sort of what the film is about. There'd been, and I haven't seen it,
1: uh, maybe I'm sure you have, there, there was this sort of Gaza film, feature length film that came out a while back, wasn't there? Which yes. I never actually got around to seeing. What, so what, what, what was in that? Because I generally
0: don't know. Was that sort of more of a puff piece? I don't know. Well it was Gaza it was Gaza in his own words that. So it was a it was a sit-down interview with Gaza and they had three um talking heads, which were Lineker, Gary Lineker, Wayne Rooney and um and uh Jose Mourinho, um sort of filling in for probably because of his proximity oh, to Bobby it Robson. yeah that's to say it's bizarre. And, yeah, yeah. No, look like, it yeah. was a it was a good film and it did uh, it did what it was aiming to as with a as with a film, you can only do one thing, you know, and mm. that was they, they told that story very well. Um but that was a story that didn't mention a lot of the, the parts of, of Paul's life that were, were, I think is sort of also relevant.
1: Did you approach this initially going, I want to tell Gaza's football story? Or did you go, God, I can't... You know, looking back, oh, my God, the tabloids. You know what? Let's let's do a story about the tabloids. Who can we kind of use that really went through
0: it? Gaza. No. So I'll tell you, I'll tell you what, Mike. It is, firstly, I saw the footage of him going to Lazio um, arriving at the airport, and thought this is mad. You know, there's got to be some archive in this. Now, I was reading around it a bit, and I read Cheryl's book, and I began to understand. And I can't really be too specific, but I, because you watch watch the film, it's all in sort of episode two. But I understood the proximity of the tabloid press to their personal life at that time, and and that those figures involved were are, are now so incredibly influential still and it became very clear that this was a story that was a, was bigger than 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 Paul Gascoigne and, and and Cheryl and that actually you know by telling Paul's story you are telling a story of 10 15 years of british culture of of something which affected so many people and and Paul and what happened to Paul is 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 emblematic of that
1: yeah i mean i don't want to keep as i said i don't want to give stuff away but obviously the, the culmination of the documentary is obviously the the infamous phone tapping scandal which effectively Murdoch then closed down the news of the world uh, because of it and and Gascoigne and his uh, ex-wife now were both people that were having their phones tapped and
0: but but it's it's more than that though Mike as well because the phone tapping scandal I think is something that everybody knows about but I think what we're what I'm talking about as well is that this was this was proper day-to-day involvement in personal lives. This is friendships being cultivated, relationships. So you're you're at a point where every single part of someone's life is infiltrated. And ev- there is no escape from the from the machine. And that is that concept of being surrounded on every level. Um, and when you understand how that happened, it, it explains a lot of, of of things that have happened in the subsequent 10 or 15, 20 years.
1: Yeah, no, it's, it's amazing. Well, let's sort of go. I mean, as I said, I don't want to give too too much away. But we can certainly talk about. Uh, you know the, the general topics that are running the, the, the first bit of fish I, I, I loved was you had Gaza's first goal for Tottenham against Arsenal which again I must admit I kind of forgotten about we all know we played at the top of the show here the iconic goal in the 99-1 semi-final I kind of forgot that his his first goal was against the Woolwich yeah his
0: sock with a, so with, a, with a sock with a with a shoe yeah. falling <laughs> off You know, I mean, but he was, it was, he's ridiculous back then, wasn't he? I mean, you know, in terms of the stuff he was doing, i was desperately sad that I didn't get that goal against Luton on the, you know, on the Astro pitch where he sort of rags it between two people. But then my favourite bit is that bit, there's a bit in the snow from a game against Sheffield Wednesday, where you just see him in, you see him there, short sleeves in the snow, because you forget how, you forget that he was, as Paul Stewart, who was such a brilliant contributor, you know, says he was hard as nails you Mm. know and it was just there's foul chested you know kind of totally like all about the shoulders and the arms and the upper body wasn't it Mm. at that point you know and um and there's just something visceral about that because he and paul stewart and we're really close and you've got you know david howells and steve sedgley and a lot of those lads john moncur you know it was it was boys just being it was boys being boys you know coming down to london and having a great time and all that sort of stuff and terry Venables owning a nightclub in the middle of town and yeah and um You know, but I just love that shot where where you know Gaza squares it for Stewart in the snow, and and it's it the goal's ruled out. But they before it's ruled out, they just have this hug in front of the crowd, and it's it's visceral. You know, it's just totally what it you know you can imagine he cared so much about the people he was playing with, about the guy. It was never just I think about winning with with Gaza either.
1: I mean, you know, and I I, you know all Spurs fans who saw him, and I think that's pretty much everyone listening to this podcast. We we saw the best of him. He was... uh, I think you look at great Tottenham midfielders. I know people of a a certain age will say Dave Mackay every time. Uh, People my age in the 50s will probably say Hoddle, and rightly so. But if you grew up watching Tottenham from the 90s onwards, then I think you probably pick Gazza every time. Especially for that season when we won the FA Cup, when he pretty much won it single-handedly. I know other people scored, but you look at those certain games... Portsmouth, uh Notts County, uh certain games Arsenal, uh, where if it wasn't for him, we wouldn't have won games. And ironically, when it got to the final and the fact that he, you know, he he went off injured after two horrendous tackles after 15 minutes. If if you remember the rest of that first half, uh we had a perfectly good goal. Uh, disallowed, I think, for offside. We missed the penalty, and when I spoke, and we've had lots of Tottenham players who played in that game, you know, I was like, "What? What was said at half time? I mean, you must have been in shock." And they thought it was. I mean, it was. You know, what? What can you say? But Venables was great, and go back out there, and you talk about moments of ecstasy of Tottenham fans, and obviously, we're, we're, I'm sure we'll talk about the semi final. But Stuart goal it's funny you got Paul Stewart on it when oh, Stuart yeah. equalised. You know, I think it was a it was a Naeem, and then someone put it, was it Howells played it to him my name? was Naeem Howell. No, Alan, Paul Allen, I think it was, then. yeah. yeah, yeah. then was... when that goal went in, I mean that was I think the kids say limbs now.
0: <laughs> but it, was, a, but that, it that was that whole that whole FA Cup run was limbs though, wasn't it? You know, in that um because that's like that, I don't know, that's my childhood, that FA yeah. Cup run, you know, and yeah. like that watching it on like a sort of really rubber, you know, my mum would recorded match of the day, and that that Oxford game, which was ridiculous. Yes. And then and the Portsmouth game is yeah. the one I always think of because he obviously there's the diving header, which is ridiculous, or the sort of one yeah. where he's yes. sort of yeah. launches himself. And then that one where he he sort of takes it, faints to go one way and sticks mm. it in the bottom corner. And you've just got that Portsmouth stand, which is like yeah. half a stand essentially. Yeah. And then you properly see limbs, you know, you mm. see <laughs> just the effect <laughs> that it has on everybody. And that's what he he was just. He was ridiculous. Knox County yeah. elbows someone in the face, mm. then twats it in the top, sorry, mm. smacks it in the top corner. Yeah. You know, but so it's funny though, because the so the weird thing is when you're making a film like this, obviously you you then try to look at all this in a sort of dispassionate way. So the interesting thing was understanding, because I think with Gaza. The thing with him was his his, men, his sort of charisma, his personality was synonymous with his football. You know, mm, in the, if, yeah. he, if he wasn't if he wasn't as close to the edge as he was, I don't think he would have played football in that style. Mm. And and that FA Cup run was sort of the apex of when of of his the apex of his talent because because personally he was so close to the edge at that time because he's yeah. come back from he's become this extraordinary famous person at Italia '90 and. All the media pressure is being heaped on him. The press have begun to turn on him as soon as sort of August, September, they're, you know, they're saying Gazamania's over, this guy can't cope with it. He's a, you know, he's he's going mad, et cetera, et cetera. And Gaz has said, you know, his and stories that, you know, his mates are being approached to sell stories on him. He can't really trust anyone around him. Um, there's all the pressure about the Lazio move, all of this stuff. And he's there trying to say, I can I can deal with this, you know, but he's he's so, you know, there's a, a brilliant interview in the film, um, which he does with Des Lynam just before the cup final, where he's sweating and almost pulsing, saying, you know, what I get up to off the pitch is nobody's business but myself, you know, and same time you sort of get the sense that Venables is, is canny enough to understand this is not going to last forever. But that but that FA Cup run, he was, when you see him, he's so the physicality, you know, and his face and the sort of the, the celebration, the bulging eyes, you know, it's it's um it's like so so understanding his performances in that FA Cup against the prism of what was against the sort of understanding of what else was going on in his life, it informs quite a lot with why it sort of ended like it did at the FA Cup final. I mean,
1: you you obviously, you know, I know we kind of jumped ahead there, obviously the whole Italian 90, which I think was beautifully handled, again, great footage. Again, I forgot Gazzamania how crazy it was. Uh, what to me sort of now looks so out of date and weird, and even then I'm thinking this was only the 90s the whole that the fact he didn't have an agent, then he got Melstein and Len Lazarus, the sort of one was a lawyer, one was an accountant. It was bizarre that even before that, I mean, players had agents then. It was bizarre that no one had kind of, I mean, unless it was unmanageable, no one had sort he of... Did, take- he did have an agent at Newcastle.
0: Oh, right. Okay. I didn't know he, he realised that. He was a guy, I've forgotten his name. Yeah. Um, we tried to speak to him for the film, but we did have an agent. For, uh, he did have an agent at Newcastle and the agent actually brought Mel and Len Lazarus in. Right. And then um, Alistair Garvey was his name. And I think he also represented Chris Waddle because Mel, Melstein and then Lazarus also looked after Chris Waddle. And then there was, I think that, um, I think that then that Paul felt that he didn't need an agent and that Len and Mel could handle everything. Because it was interesting
1: again, because they're interviewed around that time. Yeah, And they kind of, now I think it might have been a voiceover. I don't know which one. One of them sort of said, you know, we're not, we're not agents. I'm a lawyer. I'm, a, I'm an accountant. We do the best deals for Gaza. We don't take commission. Obviously, most people know agents because I'm, 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 I'm an accent agent and stuff. Yeah. You know, we take a commission on stuff we bring in. Totally. So when I was listening to that, I was thinking, how are they making their money then? They're bring all these big b- book deals and blah 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 blah. Are they just bunging some money on top? I'd love to know how things were structured. If they won't go in, here's a million and we're taking fifteen percent of it.
0: Well, do d I don't they've they've always been very clear that they, you know, that they felt that there was a huge misconception about the role that they played in, in Paul's life and, and, yeah. and that and their motives. And I think I think it's it's fair to say that they you know from 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 interviewing them they clearly cared a lot about paul but yes. there were a lot of things flying at that time um and it was a really incredibly difficult job um in terms of um in terms of nobody uh, understood what what was coming after italian 90 do people get caught up in it potentially um you know but it's um you know i, I think it was uh, the Gazamania steamroller was something that took out loads of people beyond paul Gascoigne. Um, you know, and and it's a really, um, it's a really, you know, I, I don't envy anybody having to try to navigate their way through those waters. No, I mean, again, what again, going back, going back to telling
1: that, what I'd also forgotten was that he was due to take the fifth penalty in the shootout. Yes. and obviously yeah. was in no fit state at that stage to do it. And you think, what if? What if? I I mean, he's so many. I mean, I mean, mean, presumably, I mean, they'd been booked. He could have taken it, but clearly they realized he's in no fit state
0: to to do it. But as Chris Waddle said in the film, he just went, yeah, that's gone. (laughs) And then said, you know, you know, Muggins here, Muggins here put his hand up. Yeah. So, Chris Waddle, because think about it, that's that's sort of. Penalty miss has defined Chris Waddle's life. Yes. You know, Gazza's obviously a great mate of his. I mean, not defined his life, but you know, it's it's mm. something which is synonymous with him for yes. such a long time. Um, and yeah, it's it's complicated. There's so many what ifs around that. Like, imagine mm. if we'd won that penalty shootout. What because then no longer was the story of Italian '90 just yeah. Gaza. It know. would have been something else. You know, I know. so I know it's, it's amazing.
1: Um, and again, you know what we forget. Uh, you know, around he's only like 22, 23 here. Yeah. So young. Um, And then sort of, you know, jumping forward to the the FA Cup season... I, I, with uh, a few of my friends, Simon, Danny Greenberg, Simon Greenberg, who, funny enough, then went work worked for News International. We all went to Princess Grace Hospital that night after celebrating. We're outside his window going, don't go, Gaza, Don't go! Please stay. We were that sad and pathetic and quite drunk. Um, that is so... Um, but that was lovely, love seeing that, the, lovely seeing that footage of um, Stephen Lazarus walking down the road of Harley Street or wherever the road's on. Just yes. walking away from, from there. Was, 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 was there a a lot of footage you had to go through and choose what went in or did you kind yeah, of being a fan so you kind
0: of knew what you wanted no it is and it's it's such a again a good shout out to our editors graham taylor and emiliano batista who did a brilliant job but like it is a there's so much footage that was brilliant that that hit the cutting room floor i was just thinking then about there's some great footage of gaza firing um, water pistols at, um, at, press, at photographers outside the window <laughs> from the princess grace but you just you can't tell there's a, someone like john sheridan do you remember the physio
1: yes he's been on the spur show he was on a couple yeah. of months
0: ago yeah, because he had a book out. out. Yeah, right. and he's a wonderful guy, and he spoke so movingly about Paul. Mm. Dave Butler as well, the other another physio yes. at that time, you know, and they there was some really lovely stuff around that period about Paul's recovery and all that sort yeah. stuff. But but it just there comes a point where you're telling a story, and our story mm. was about Paul and the press, mm. and so we had to, you know, we we weren't making something which was six hours long, and and so you do have to lose interviews footage all of this stuff, which is, which is all part of the story, you know, but um, yeah, you just have to make decisions. And the first,
1: I mean, the first kind of bit in the film that I think you really see it's happened before, but when you sort of bring it into the film, the dark arts yeah. of, of the tabloids is when he's literally just recovered from the, uh the, 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 the knee injury. Uh, he's gone on Wogan, he's gone on various things, he then, I remember it like it was yesterday, he then went out to a nightclub in in uh, Newcastle, uh, got punched, fell on his knee, and did it again, had this second injury, which put everything back, and that's when you kind of said in it that, uh, you know, was it a setup? was someone paid to do it, and that's when you first drop in this sort of conspiracy theory
0: or whatever that yeah things were things beyond him were going on so it's it's that was fascinating because you're sort of trying to work out what is going on and and a lot of the time it's not really about finding exactly what happened it's about finding what gaza thought happened because it's it's about what he's thinking and so do you remember tony potts the former spurs player who's in the film yeah so So track down Potsy and he was, you know, brilliant. And he was there on that night out with Gaza and um, he's living in China, Tony. So we spoke to him over Zoom and and a lot of it, it is weird because you have almost become a sort of forensic psychologist to some degree in that you're sort of plotting all these dates and thinking, what would Gaza have been thinking? And when you, you know, as you know, when you speak to someone, they've got a million things in their mind. and You've just got to try and get to the right things. And, and it was, it was sort of understand, you know, I interviewed him twice. And the second time I was like, by the way, can I just ask you, what was, what did Gaza say at that time? You know? And he was like, you know, Gaza was unbelievably paranoid at that point. You know, Gaza thought they were out to get him the whole time. I was like, you know, that's it. That's the, that's the story. It's not just about, oh, we were on a night out and someone punched him and they'd done his knee. (laughs) You know, it's actually, I mean, it's probably just me being slow as a director, but it's, um, you know, the, the, the point was that this was a guy who, and it went back, you know, right the way through, Paul Stewart was talking about it happening even before Italia 90, after Italia 90, you know, this is a guy who every time he went to a nightclub, every time he went to a pub, every time something went in went the newspapers, he's thinking, has someone done the dirty on me? You know, is someone going to kick off when I go into this pub? And this is, and that is, imagine living with that sort of paranoia building for seven, eight years, to the point where, you know, because what we show then is the escalation of that, that, that that then by the mid-90s, this is actually happening, you know, in terms of his phone is actually being being tapped at a particular point, that his people who are, he thinks are his friends, are actually acting in a duplicitous way, you know, not, you know. It, it, so it's, um, yeah, an extraordinary... Um, Thing and Potsy was was great in terms of of sowing the seeds of that. Um, uh, after that,
1: I, I must admit, I, uh, when I watched the, jockey, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't remember Tony Potts. I, when you mentioned it there, I got Tony Parks mixed up. Yeah, I didn't remember Tony Potts. He must have been a fringe player, or he
0: was. But that's, yeah. that was Gaza all over. You know, yeah. Tony Potts did his. He, he was a youth. He was yeah. prolific in the youth team. Right. Um, I think he had quite a good career at lower league afterwards. But he did his knee ligaments, which is you know right. at that stage crucial. it's a complicated thing, and and but Gaza being Gaza, he was like you know, he took Tony Potts under his wing and, and, you know, that, it's a great shame about a film like this is you we you set it up early on that this guy is somebody who people love and that he is somebody who has this amazing effect on people's lives, but you can't keep hammering it every three minutes. You just have to bring in these contributors to, to tell their part of the story. But but Tony Potts told these wonderful stories about that Gaza was just took him, a youth team player who'd done his knee under his wing. You know, Gaza at this point is the biggest star in the country, taking him up to Newcastle to meet his mates, meet his family, all this type of stuff. You know, it just all all of it speaks to, to Gaza and his his generosity as yeah. a bloke.
1: Right, let's go to a quick break. When we come back, we're going to talk about Lazio, the extraordinary footage from Italy, quite fantastic. Um, back in a couple of minutes. And we're back for the break. Uh, Don't forget, we've got some uh, wonderful events uh, coming up. Uh, Next Tuesday, uh, live in central London, uh, we have Terry Dyson and Cliff Jones with us discussing the 1960s to 61 season in some detail. Uh, And and, and I I, I do believe uh, this will be Terry's last ever public Tottenham fan event. event so it's well worth going to it uh all you're going to do is become a Spurs show season ticket holder and get two free tickets for all our events go to season.spurshow.net sign up uh or we do have a few extra tickets for non-season ticket members for this because it's going to be very, very special go to boleto.co.uk links to the uh, description to this pod we've also the same night got norman giller talking about his wonderful official, official biography on Jimmy Greaves. Uh, we've also got Pete Hayne, Martin Lipton. Uh, it's going to be a great night next Tuesday. And also then coming up, our annual big end-of-season um, show, live at the 100 Club on Oxford Street. We've got Ozzy Ardiles and Ricky Veer. It's gonna be some night. Again, tickets in the description to this pod or at billetto.co.uk. And finally on May the eleventh at the JW3 Community Centre on the Finchley Road, we've got Martin Chivers, Pat Jennings, Anna Mullery, and Steve Powerman uh talking about the 50th anniversary of the 1972 UEFA Cup win. Um, it's going to be slightly different to the show we did at Christmas because we didn't have Mallory then and Mallory couldn't make it. So that's going to be another great night. There's tickets for that. There's streaming tickets. If you don't live in London, you can't get to it. You can just watch it at home. Watch it live at home. There's also some meet and greet VIP tickets available for that. Please come along and uh, show your appreciation for Legends. Go to jw3.org.uk, type in Spurs, and it will come up. Right, um, what was lovely, Sam, about the Lazio stuff? And it's funny you mentioned at the top and seen that footage at the airport. It really reminded me of that wonderful documentary film about Maradona when he went to Napoli and there was that shot of the car driving, the cars and all that. This kind of really brought all that back to me. And what I didn't realise, I didn't know the uh, whole of playing against Maradona story. Lazio yeah. versus Seville uh that was a wonderful bit of footage uh, a goal he yeah. says has no recollection of, <coughs> of scoring
0: yeah absolutely i mean that was um but that was i mean that was a, the weirdest sort of friendly commercial friendly sort of summed everything up the sort of early days of um, commercializing you know that to that level but yeah, he, I mean, his life, I think, was sort of just crazy at that point. Because there's another uh, wonderful goal he scored in Italy. I can't remember who it was against. Peru, not Peru. Well, there was, well, the, well
1: the, the other goal was, I, I, I think, might say, it
0: was the Roma, the,
1: the, the, the big oh, yeah. uh,
0: local derby. He scores the winner with a couple of minutes to go with a header. And they go yeah. nuts. That was absolutely <laughs> crazy again because you couldn't write that, you know, yeah. because Gaza, Gaza being Gaza, you know, he felt all those local rivalries hugely, yeah. And you know, the the Rome Lazio rivalry is is mad, oh. and um, yeah, I mean, to score the win, to score the the, the equaliser in literally the ninety third minute or whatever it was, and um, the great footage of the the Roma coach smashing the dugout afterwards, and yeah, I mean, he he scored a a wonderful solo goal against Pescara around that sort of time as well, mm-hmm. which we didn't get in. Because it was, I think that what we were trying to get the sense of, again, is that Rome was, moving to Lazio was was a sort of fresh start, supposedly. But actually, in hindsight, completely crazy to take someone out of, all of his comfort zone and and take him to Italy. Thought he was escaping the press, but actually just going you know out of the frying pan into the fire. And and his life was you know you had Cheryl out there who's also a fish out of water away from family and friends. She's got two young kids. Their relationship is is all over the shop. And um, you know despite the, the the sort of very passionate but but very complicated. And um, and and Jane Nottage, his personal assistant, talks to just how. Uh, that Lazio-Seville game just sums up the madness, you know, that he is there producing these extraordinary moments of skill, but he has got no, there's no scope, there's no possibility really that he can sustain this for a period of time because... um because everything else is going on in his life, and I don't think it's any coincidence that actually the the the, the two things we're most um, we think of with Gaza in terms of his success on the pitch are both tournaments where you've got almost like a controlled environment, and he's got a focus a week or two away. You know, Euro '96 and, and Italia '90, and and with with sort of something like Italy, you know, that they they talk to that in the film that it's just impossible for him to sustain anything over the you know over over a period of time.
1: Mm. I mean the other thing you forget as well is is you know how big the whole Channel Four Gazetta football Italia. I mean, Don Peretta you interviewed was a friend of mine. Uh, yes. he talks really nicely I thought, in the whole thing. And again, I think he, what he said is key. You know, he, he's certainly not a salacious man or any whatever, but I think he the line he used was football was Gaza's salvation. Simple as that. Football totally. was his salvation. He was happiest yeah. on the pitch, everything else was chaos but on the pitch, you could kind of focus. Uh, and you, again, you forget how big that show was, Channel 4, Italian football. We didn't used to watch football, foreign uh, football, seeing all the highlights of all the goals. That was a huge programme.
0: But Think how much it all comes back to Gaza. They wanted yeah. the rights for Gaza. Um, you know, it, the Italian league said, no, you need to t- pick it all. They picked them up and, and that's that grew. But, but think also at that time, you know, think of how much of the Premier League and where we are now comes back to Gaza. You know, and, and essentially... Because Gaza, bearing in mind where football obviously was before Italia ninety, Gaza and and Pavarotti was like the ultimate marketing <laughs> job, you know, the Balsamic Vinegar Revolution, you know, and, and uh and um suddenly you've got the you know the Premier League, you've got, you know, but the irony being that Gaza never really played in the Premier League in his pomp. So um, you know, but um I think so much of that comes back to to the effect that Gaza brought to the game, um, you know, before everything went went wrong.
1: Mm. Then the then sort of almost the, the, the beginning of, of the real decline uh was and again I've forgotten all about this, the whole nineteen ninety-four World Cup qualifying campaign where you've you've used footage from that extraordinary uh Wall documentary with Graham Taylor going on. And again, i have forgotten even from that how awful gazza was in certain games you one bit of foot i think he takes a corner or a free kick typical tottenham style doesn't be yeah. the first man hands up in the air he's rubbish gub whatever and he goes off and you see him sitting in the dugout by himself and he's just gone he's spent uh, that was really really depressing because again as as football fans we all wanted england to be an america and um, you know usa 94 world cup and we were totally. there
0: yeah and and that is that was the whole thing in a sort of microcosm really you know and and you got there i mean graham taylor obviously questions about his tactics he's playing gaza behind the front two in a position he doesn't want to play but and you know but graham taylor was essentially by all accounts a very decent man trying to get to grips with what was going on with with gaza but it was just there was nothing you know you're in the manager and you've got this guy turning up once every three months it was nothing you could do inti talks about Paul Lintz talked about, you know, the fact that he'd ring, you know, Gaza would ring him from Rome at sort of midnight and just say, look, I just need to talk to someone, you know, just like was he's walking around his house by himself, you know, and it's um it's just really, really difficult. I think I think that just something that we as football fans, often don't think of what's going on in a in a player's private life we like yeah. to think of them as being constants you know look mm. at look at harry kane against brighton at the weekend and mm. we're all sort of that's that's one moment where we're all like oh when he went to going to america for the masters does that affect his thing but you don't think about what's you know are they having an argument with their wife are they what else is going on you know and and that gaza more than anybody i think just had these extraordinary amount of things going on in his life to do and then
1: with. And then you also got now back at Lazio, the other great in, great injury, awful injury, collapses on the pitch. I think he actually broke his leg, had a two-hour yeah. operation, out for another year. Um, and that's after that, that kind of, I think it was Walter Smith said, what are you doing there? Come back to Glasgow. But I think before Glasgow, Hugh, again, I didn't know this, and that's why, incredible, the whole thing that his. And you've got on her on the documentary to have his very close PA for a long time, Jane Nottage, did an inside story book after, uh, which I mean, for anyone, you've got someone that you're so close to then going, I'm now telling the story.
0: Uh yeah. Must have been and devastating I mean, for him, for someone I mean, who's, you know. I know that Jane regrets that hugely. I mean, right. you know, it's, it's, um, it's, I think that the thing is that sometimes, again, with the doc, you know, if we'd had longer, you go into the, the, the the what Jane was living in at that time, again, was also completely extraordinary. I think she herself had had a lot of troubles after that, you know, in terms of trying to process what they went through. And, you know, you have the whole thing. I, I think that essentially, this was an environment that that affected everybody in its path. And a lot of people made questionable decisions in that point. And, and, and yeah, I think that nobody really could, i don't think jane would defend herself for writing the book but i think that obviously this is all stuff that came back on on paul and and his capacity to trust people you know, and it just his life was through multiple means, uh, just played out in the in the tabloids over this period. And and you know, Paul was somebody who wanted and really cared about the about the way that the public perceived him. You know, a lot of the film is actually him trying to say, certainly the first two-thirds of the film, it's actually a Lazio that he sort of breaks that 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 that's that thing just after Jane Nottage sells the book. Mm. That a lot of it before that is him saying, I'm okay. You know, mm, I yes. listen to me. Don't listen yes. to the newspapers. That's why he's got three documentary crews. That's why Don Peretta was following him for six years with a camera. That's why Gazetta was there. It's because Paul wanted a direct. He was, <laughs> he was ahead of his time. He was almost like the original reality show saying, I'm in control. Listen to me. And then, you know, the, then obviously in Italy, finally it breaks. And he says, look, I'm not coping here. You know, people think you're Gaza. You must. Everything must be great. It's not. And then you have this sort of tragic period where, you know, the Rangers documentary as well, where he's set, trying to tell people, I'm really not okay, but who can help me? And nobody knows what to say or or do. And then and then finally, he just sort of becomes submerged by it.
1: And but no. now I think he's when he went to Rangers, he's around 28. One can say the perfect age for a kind of yeah. a certain. Uh, footballer experienced you then have again you know the whole 96 euro uh, obviously the dentist chair stuff this again i've forgotten how it erupted in the tabloids you know send the book send them home and all this nonsense yeah and obviously the sweetness of that goal uh, against scotland uh, the celebrations afterwards and for a while everything looks good again you kind of again on the football pitch you go he's back this is brilliant you know th- Missing the chance again, in the semi final against West Germany, just missing it, taking a penalty, scoring a penalty. Yes, in, and in who the misses the
0: penalty immediately afterwards? Yes, right. you know. yeah there's Paul Gascoigne with the the mentality to stick this hugely important penalty in the top yeah. corner. You know, and yet we think of him as as weak. You know, people think now as him as mentally frail. You know, and it's yeah. it's so. Anyway, yeah. Do it's, you think, um, Do you think at this stage, looking
1: back. And, and again, there's an interesting. There was a, there was a, a, a again. I think it's a voiceover with one of Steen or Lazarus, and they sort of say, "He's a grown man, you know. We're, this is what we do. He's a grown man. We can't tell a grown man what to do and what to do." And I'm sitting there going, "You kind of could. Surely at this stage, you get help. You 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 do something. You know, whatever. You know, there's." That, that's a frustration when you're watching this going up. But yeah, but this was the time that everything could have been good again. He should have got professional help. Someone should have said, you're going to the Priory now, whatever demons
0: well, he had, you know. That's what Jay Nottage was saying, obviously as well. But, but you know, the... the... It wasn't just Mel and Len. And, you know, I mean, this is, you're talking about football clubs, football managers as well. And and you've also got to remember as well that that we're, we are viewing all of this through 20 years, 30 years of, of of knowledge. Whereas at the time, you know, I remember James Richardson, the Football Italia, um, the Gazetta host, talking to him. And he was saying, you know, you've got to understand that at this time, Paul was this hugely successful person and he was he appeared strong and he appeared like he had a really good support network around him. So the reality, and I was like, but James, look at the shows. And, and he's like, yeah, I do you know the weird thing is that I just don't remember him saying those things, you know, right, and, and no, that really. just somehow this is how, um, you know this is how it, it happened in plain sight we were all there watching those videos but just perhaps that you know the thing the thing with gaza is that one week he would be saying oh i'm feeling a bit miserable and the next week he would be sort of i don't know you know you know sort of running around throwing peanut butter at people you know and it's it's like or or sort of sticking a fish in gordon jury's car you know and and it's like and so that, that it was possible for everybody just to miss what was what was happening weirdly and it's only really when you so that's like with rangers he was obviously hugely successful at rangers Mm. and did some extraordinary things and ali mccoy tells these wonderful stories about what was going on at rangers but but we had to sort of take a step back not focus on those things and and look at the overarching narrative you know which was which basically led to him arriving at euro 96 as a bit of an increasing sort of pariah
1: but this is when you kind of focused on more the tabloids whereby uh, he got married to the on-off relationship with Rochelle. They get yes. married. Uh, that's that. Then you sort of bringing in uh, what's going on with the tabloids. She's friendly then with Rebecca Wade, who done a nice puff piece for uh, Sunday magazine and sort of got their trust by... Being very nice and and whatever. That's when you bring in what you mentioned at the top of the interview. That people then started bring you know, getting part of their day to day life who they trusted who effectively helped to bring him down. I know. I think that's um, oh what's his name? The old Daily Mirror guy he just interviewed Trump. His name's gone. Um, um, uh, Arsenal fan. What's his name? Daily Mirror's editor. Ex- piers, ex- 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 piers morgan, morgan. Anderson, yeah he says you know oh we people say it's the tables we put them up there and knock them down we don't they knock themselves down he kind of said which i think was a really important line in in the film that look we don't and you sit the game first you go yeah maybe they knock themselves down and you think yeah but look what you do to them for them to <laughs> be knocked down i mean ridiculous
0: I think I think. Look, I need. This is an appropriate time, obviously, to say this isn't a hagiography. You know, we're mm. not here to. I'm not. We're not lionizing Paul. Um, yeah. Over this, it's really important to remember yeah. that there are at least two incidents where he has admitted to domestic violence. Yeah. You know, we what we need to make clear as well. You know that we, we which we make clear in the film. Um, we make you know he courted the media a lot of times. He made a lot of mistakes. He had a lot of flaws. He was a human being. You know that that's his humanity is also one of the reasons why, it, you know, people love him so much. But yes, it, it was also about contextualizing. The the, the chat, you know, and I, I think that Cheryl Gascoigne as well suffered hugely at the hands of the tabloid press as well. Um and it's um, about contextualising their life at that time and understanding that how involved, how intimately involved in their personal lives. They, you know, but even Euro 96, you know, how intimately involved at their wedding immediately afterwards, you see footage at the wedding, how involved certain members of the tabloid media were in their lives. And, and you know, these people are incredibly influential in our media today. And so this story is, is very, very relevant, I think. I mean, you know, you leave it, you have to leave it to the the audience to make their own minds up as to uh, as you say, you know, that question that Piers asks at the end, do they, you know, we don't or that that statement, you know, we don't build them up to knock them down, we build them up and they knock themselves down. That's then, you know, we lay it out and you guys can make your own minds up as to how true that is.
1: Yeah. And then football-wise, for many people that the the demise was the build up to the nineteen ninety-eight. Again. Uh when when you're at home, if you haven't watched this yet or watch it, there's the extraordinary uh footage game where he was brilliant out in Italy. We needed that draw. We got the draw, he got himself kind of fit and 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 good enough. And then he says in the interview, you know, I think I think it's his mum or sister says Hoddle said to us then, see you all in um uh what was the ninety eight world cup it was in um, France see you in France, France. we're going yeah. and whatever all good and and we had we've had we've been privileged to have Glenn Hod on the show a couple of times and he said to us uh one of the interviews the hardest decision he ever had, had to make was telling Gascoigne that he wasn't part of the squad, and we asked him on the night why, and he very diplomatically said. He just wasn't fit. He wasn't fit. And then you watch your film and you go, Not fit. I mean, my God, he was out photographed with a kebab. I mean, he was in a bad, bad way. And you kind of look back and go, If Hoddle had selected him, surely there'd be other players there going, How? How is this fair? How can someone who's clearly not fit and got big, big problems be allowed to play this tournament when I'm fit? I've done nothing wrong. I go home every night, type thing. And and again, you know that that again is a very, very moving part of the whole film, isn't it?
0: Well, it's sort of everything comes together. I mean, in that, in those sort of after after Glen Eagles, which immediate, followed immediately okay. followed Euro '96, really uh, things sort of were. There's there's a sense he's come through so much over this sort of period and 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 obviously been guilty of so much as well that that he really is there's a sense that he is falling down at this point and you know he's a, a the the sort of if this is a battle with the media you know in terms of the sort of who's going to win the, the the narrative he's losing he's he's on the way he somehow pulls himself back to produce that extraordinary performance in Rome as you say but then from then on you know Paul Merson talks very well about about the sort of the Paul Gascoigne he encountered you know by the time that he he that Gazza joined Middlesbrough and um you know how his drinking had escalated by that point we understand you know what he's dealing with in terms of the amount of time you know the amount of invasion of his privacy from the phone hacking etc the effect that's having on his personal relationships his relationship with Cheryl is is obviously over by this point and and it, it all comes together at La Manga and I think, yeah, I mean, I think with Glenn Hoddle, the, the question is, well, the question now is probably why he picked him after Glen Eagles, after, after you know, the domestic violence at Glen Eagles, really, um, you know, and, and I think that probably the answer is pragmatically for football reasons, isn't it? And, and you know, and the fact is that by, by France 98, or by the manga, you see the footage of Paul as a footballer. His legs are tiny now. You know, none of that strength and the upper body that we've seen earlier on in the film, it's disappeared, you know, because alcohol ravages not just your mind, but also your body as well. And, um, you know, and and when the, the, uh, there's a, a particular story drops at that time, you know, and again, we, we couldn't, we didn't have too much time to go into it, but, you know, you gather that he was literally on the phone in a in a warm up match before, um, you know, the team talk was being given before a warm up match, and Gaz is on the phone in the middle of the pitch, you know, and it's it's like it's um it, it would have been every every part of his life was coming together at that moment, and and yes, you certainly get the impression that Glenn Hoddle really didn't have much choice but to 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 call time on it at that point.
1: Yeah, no, I mean it's uh, it's extraordinary. I mean, the, the one thing I'd ask as well was that. Uh, Paul Gascoigne obviously has it gave his, his, his blessing. There's a, yes. a lovely bit of footage at the top. Uh, the young Paul Gascoigne um, fishing. The documentary ends with Paul Gascoigne now uh, fishing. Did you want to interview for him? Was there those conversations going on? Or did you think, you know what? I want to tell this story. This is the way I want to tell the story.
0: Yeah that was a really difficult question and you know talking with the producer and the editor at the beginning you know we we came to the conclusion that we felt that this story was best told in the archive you know so that it was about understanding watching him trying to come to terms with what was happening in real time and that actually now there's a question mark about how reliable a witness someone can be to their own story with with hindsight and that this was something which was best told in that in the moment, um, whether that is the right decision. Again, I think, you know, you can only tell us, you, you have to have the c- c- courage of your convictions and tell the story in a particular way. Well, I mean, you have, I mean, yeah. in, in
1: fairness, you've got some extraordinary uh, archive footage, some extraordinary interviews that I've obviously never seen with Gascoigne, where yeah. he's talking about the themes throughout the film. So
0: totally. y- you can so that sort of go thought. at the end,
1: here he is all these years on talking about it. And you were sort of, I, I agree, I, I genuinely don't think it was, it, it, it was it was it was needed. Really. Yeah.
0: Well, that that was the f- hope, you know, and and the, I know, you know, the reaction from Paul and his family has been great to the film, which is it's great, and you know, I think I think it was lovely to see his his family talking about. Um, you know, feeling that this was the first time that they'd seen Paul's story really told, and and you know uh, that it was you know that it is a, it's a portrait of 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 somebody coming to terms with what's happening to them. You know, with with someone you know with the, with with the type of uh, mental health pressures that we talk about a lot now, but that perhaps we don't actually still necessarily quite know what to do. You know, we see this a lot with you know that I think it has to be analogous to the the pressures that young players face now. They're not the same pressures necessarily but think about the, the the sort of what it must be like to be you know stephen bergvine and miss a goal and have you know have to shut your instagram down because you you know you're being abused by people online and, and all this stuff and it's the challenges are different but the same principle is that these guys who we're watching week in week out are young people who have got who have had no i don't care how much media training you get nothing prepares you for dealing with Fans dealing with the desire, the public, all of this stuff, and actually the, you know, because Gaz is really about this this love affair between one bloke and the public. You know, he he craves that adulation and he gets it. And once you get that level of, you, you hear a lot of footballers talking about how difficult it is to 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 just go from playing in front of seventy thousand people to just living normal life. You know and 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 gazza's whole life was about trying then to or my take on it was that his whole career was about trying to recapture what he'd got in italia ninety he managed it in euro ninety six and and that there's a wonderful you know that's a sort of a wonderful thing in itself but then you know the, i don't think it's any coincidence that when you know you took away when when playing for England was taken away from him that the the trajectory has been you know, downhill since, since then has overtaken him, you know, and it's, um, it's an incredibly sad story. And I'm, I'm, you know, I know I'm sure like every Spurs fan or human being, you just hope that he can now find a way to, 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 to live a happy life from, from now over, for, for, you know, going forward.
1: Absolutely. So uh, for, for those of you that are at home, where, where's the best place for people still to catch the film?
0: So this it's on iPlayer on the BBC for you know for the for another year so you know oh, for, for what a while. about
1: over, what about what about overseas listeners do you need a VPN well, to sort of you know
0: yeah, I couldn't possibly you could possibly I'll uh, say it though like, like, get yourself
1: a VPN uh and we watch are, it from where we, we, are we are.
0: investigating we're investigating international <laughs> distribution as well but um, okay. you know so watch this space
1: fair enough look thank you so much finally what was it like then presumably with the last shot you were there what was it yeah. like after being there watching him on the terraces to finally meet him did, 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 did the little young sam Collins come out again
0: yeah 100 i mean he's <laughs> he's he just he just it, there's like there's just the oh, reason Mr. All this,
1: yeah,
0: the Yeah, re, exactly watching him fishing as well no and it's like he just he Funny enough the first time the first time um, I spoke to him it was like i was he was um I rang up the back. There's a back page store in Newcastle, which is a big football store, and yeah. I said, you know, I was, you know, being put in touch with them to see if they had any archive, and I got a call back from the guy a minute later, and I was like, oh hi, you know, um, whoever was it, Rob or whatever his name was, and and um, and it was and it was Gaza on the phone, and he went, you know, Gaz Sam, it's me Gazza, you know, and uh, I can't talk, I just want to say hi, you know, that was like, that was, I mean, it was a, yeah, he he just has something that makes people fall in love with him doesn't he i mean yeah. that's always been that's why that's the root of all of this yeah. and um yeah uh, it's been an, an honor to t- try to try to tell a part of his story and i hope that we've done it and him justice
1: well you certainly did uh sam thank you so much for coming on and talking about gaza uh the, the bbc documentary uh come on next season talk about Hopefully our Champions League campaign. Uh, God, after last night's result, God knows. Uh, But uh, thank you so much. uh, And everyone at home, go and check this out if you haven't. It's wonderful. Next week, we've got Pete Hayne and Martin Lipton looking back at our weekend's game against Brentford. And then the very special recording with Norman Giller, Terry Dyson and Cliff Jones. Come and join us. Come and pay homage to two surviving legends from... The double season, the most successful season in Tottenham Hotspurs history. That's it. Until next week. Hey, Spurs! If you want to advertise on or sponsor this show, check us out at playbackmedia.co.uk.
0: Sports Social Podcast Network.